I've been asked many times if I had to do it over, would I choose the same path? And my answer is yes, a thousand times yes. See, I had grand adventure. I learned to believe in myself. I was brave. I went big. I was also reckless and selfish. I got lost along the way. I abandoned the things that mattered and I traded them for wealth and status. I lusted for power and I hurt people. But I was forced to face myself, to lose everything, to fall on my face in front of the world. And the lessons I learned on the way up were just as valuable as the ones on the way down. I know that this time I will use everything I have learned to do something that matters. That's from the book Molly's Game. And this is A Sales Life. So we're going to finish the book Molly's Game today. In Molly's Game, the true story of how a 26-year-old woman ran the most exclusive high-stakes underground poker game in the world. It's written by Molly Bloom, and now it's a movie, man. You can I'll put the uh, the trailer in the show notes. You can also go right there to YouTube and uh, check out the trailer and go check out the movie. It's a story, man, of, of risk, of glamour, of twist, of tragedy. Also, it's a story of redemption, too. So in episode 351, man, we left off where where Molly was really starting to make the, the game a huge success. She was really starting to make a name for herself out there in L.A. And the who's who were playing, man. Big, big name actors like Leonardo DiCaprio, Ben Affleck, Tobey Maguire, who you may know as Spider-Man. And there was dozens of producers and directors, just deal makers, man. Just a buffet of wealthy people who were either playing in the game or begging to be put on the list so they can play the game. Molly was learning not only the game of poker, how it was actually played, but she also learned along the way that poker is also a strategy of life. Molly realized that, that the guys kept the guys kept coming back, man. She kept questioning herself initially. What, and that's what we talked about in the previous episode is why do these guys keep coming back? And they kept coming back. They kept showing up because of the risk. They liked the fact that they, they, they liked the risk of being down and having to think and play their way back up. But this is L.A., remember? And at the height of her success, just when she's getting rolling, dude, she, I mean, she's a big name out there, and all of a sudden she gets squeezed out of her own game. She can't even get anybody on the phone. She's no longer hosting the game. Nobody's returning her phone call. The biggest mistake a poker player can make is not knowing when to fold, Molly writes. She said, I realize that Los Angeles is not made for permanence. Her time in L.A. was over. Molly folded. Molly folded, but she wasn't done. She decided to play her hand out there in New York. She told one of her friends, she says, uh, you know what? This game needs a change of scenery. And I like that, man. I think that's so important. I think that's important that she said that, you know what? This game needs a, needs a, uh, a change of scenery. Because sometimes, man, you don't need to reveal your whole hand, even to your friends, even to your boss, even to your loved ones. Remember, the game of life is just like the game of poker. It's a strategy of life. It's odds. It's simple math. And it's the body language. The body language not only of yourself, but also the body language of others also. She simply told her friend, she said, look, let's head out there to New York. Sometimes, sometimes you don't reveal your whole hand. Sometimes you don't reveal everything that's in your head. Because you got to kind of figure out. Okay, this is, these are my pocket cards. This is what I'm holding. And see, she knew what she could do. She already knew what her skills were. 
But although her time ended in L.A., it didn't mean that she was done completely. She knew what it took to get a game going. So what she did is she said, look, she had the choice to make. Either I can fight all the people out here in L.A. and somehow try to get my game back or I could take this show, this, uh, this show on the road. So she headed out there to New York. She had no real game, man. She had no connections out there. She had to figure out, man. She had to figure out how she could take over a game. She boldly made contacts when she got out there. See, she had a weak hand going out there to New York, but she played it strong. And because she played it strong, because she her body language was right. See, she she um she may have had a weak hand, but she didn't she didn't let others know that. She didn't let others know her fear. What she did is she bottled that fear and she pushed through. She boldly made contact. She put herself in the right situations. She went to different high-end clubs. She dressed the part. She made the connections. She boldly walked up to people and she took over a game. Doors began to open up for her. And and as they did, man, you know, she, doors began to open up for her. And as she did, she started meeting some resistance. There, See, there were some games already going on out there. And so she met some resistance. She met some enemies. But when she met enemies, instead of taking them on, she made them her friend. She took them on as an ally. She ended up taking New York over, making millions. She had power. She had prestige. These are the who's who, man. And initially, for her, initially the game, she always told herself this was this was a way out for her. The poker game was was a way out for her. It was her Trojan horse, she calls it. It was her great gateway into anywhere, anything she wanted to get into in life. So if it was politics, if it was hedge funds, if it was real estate development, art, anything she wanted to do, she knew all she had to do was get a poker game going because every every player, every profession had poker players in it. All she had to do was set up the game. These guys would come. She always told herself, this is, this is just a stepping stone, this game. This game I'm running, I know it's risky. I know it's some seedy people here, but also I can make some connections and it'll be a stepping stone. And once I get my right opportunity, I'm going to step out and I'm going to go. But it was too strong. The connection, the, 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 the pull, the draw, it was too strong. It t- had too much of a hold on her. She couldn't get out. But all this, all this glitz, all this glamour, all this, all this money, it caught up with her. She ended up being invited for drinks at the Four Seasons. And so she met two guys at the bar. She said, when I walked into the bar, it looked like, it looked like a scene from Goodfellas. These guys had slick suits, slick back hair medallions around her around their chest she said I, I swear i thought i was on a movie set and when she got to talking to them she, they they quickly cut right to the chase they say look we we see what you're doing out here in new york we we we, we, we like what you're doing and all and and actually we want in on some of the action so in exchange for some of the action, what we're going to do is we're going to offer you some protection. I mean, you're a girl out here. You you don't know what's going on. You don't understand the uh, the the undertones of this city. But we got you, and we'll protect you. And Molly, being kind of naive that she was, she says, "No thanks, guys. I'm good." And and I tell you what, y'all y'all, I won't interfere on your turf, and y'all just don't interfere on my games. It's all good. Y'all have a nice night. She walked away from. She walked away from the bar, and nothing happened, and so she didn't think anything of it. And one night, she was expecting some packages, and uh, as she answered the door, thinking it was her doorman, she got a gun barrel stuck in her mouth. 
He pushed his way into the apartment, beat the shit out of her. Robbed her, took all her jewelry, took all her cash, beat the hell out of her. And he said, I don't think you understand. The friends that, uh, that, that, that you met the other night, my friends, you, this, this was not a request, this is a demand. And if you don't comply, I hate to do this, you're so beautiful. But if you don't comply, I'm going to have to pay your family a visit out there in Colorado. What have I got myself into, she thought. She got in too deep. The mafia? What the fuck? So because she was beaten and battered, man, she lay low for a while. She didn't take any phone calls from anybody. And one, one day a phone call came through. I think it was from a block number. She answered the phone. She answered the phone. It was one of the guys that she had initial drinks uh, with. One of the guys from the mafia. And he said, I think now that we got your attention, I think we need to meet. And that day, she was still too beaten up. She didn't want to give them the satisfaction that they had gotten the best of her. She said, I can't make it today, but, but soon. And he said, okay, I'll set up another time. The next time I call, you better show up. The call never came. The call never came, and on the front page of the paper was the biggest mafia takedown in New York history. The guy who had made the call to her, the feds picked him up. She had escaped from the mafia. She thought she was off the hook, but it didn't last long, man. Subpoena came from the feds, and uh, come to find out, one of the players that she was uh, that that was playing in her game back there in L.A. Now she had long left this game, but now one of the players back there in L.A. was was actually running a Ponzi Ponzi scheme. He had defrauded investors. Actually, he he literally played bad at the poker player uh, as a poker player at the poker table. To reel in investors. See, these were big who's who, wealthy, wealthy people playing. So he played bad so he could reel them in and get them to um, get them to invest into his uh, fraudulent accounts. And because she had taken money with him uh, from him and given him money, she had associated with him, she was kind of guilty by association. So the Fed say, hey, we need a word with you. So she ended up having to leave New York, fly out there to L.A. <laughs> Shit's starting to unravel for her, man. And she sat down with the feds. But as they grilled her, man, with her attorney present, she was vague. She didn't know anything. They let her go. She headed back to New York to start running her games. And her games were going again. And then one night, man, she's leaving. She's about to leave her apartment. She's getting all ready. She's getting all dressed. And all of a sudden, a phone call comes. And one of, one of the players there at the... Uh, that's waiting for her at the uh, at the game that she's about to put on. He says, the feds are here. They're crawling and they're looking for you. Molly freaked out. She said, oh my God, what's right outside of my apartment door? She just knew the feds had her surrounded as soon as she walked outside the door. She quickly grabbed her belongings. She grabbed her little dog. And she got outside and when she walked outside, there, there was nobody there. She jumped into a car. She escaped to the airport and flew quickly home to her parents' home. When she got home, she checked her accounts. One of her accounts had a negative $10 million balance. She checked all of her other accounts. All of those accounts wiped out. And when she called the bank president, the bank president says, it has a note here. All of your accounts are frozen, Miss Bloom. And it's got a note here that you need to contact the United States District Attorney's Office. <laughs> she was cooked. In exchange for a testimony, the uh, the feds, they offered, they said, look, we'll give all your money back. We'll even drop the charges. All you have to do is you need to give up the goods. You need to tell us all that you know. See, she had been entangled with the Italian mob, with the Russian mob, 
with all these uh, fraudulent people. There were some good people along the way too, some wealthy people, some well-known people. But there was also some really questionable people, criminals that she was uh, inviting into her game. And because she was playing with their money, she was giving them money in exchange for money, she was guilty by association. She said, no, I'm not going to give that up. You know what? I started this game, and I'm going to take the charges. She stood the charges. She was facing a 90-year sentence, remember? So she took the charges, and she became a convicted felon. The judge had leniency on her. He said, you know what? I don't think this is the best that you have to offer. I really don't think that you're a criminal. You just all bad. So she didn't have to serve a 90-year sentence. He convicted her. She was a convicted felon, but she was able to get her life back together. And so for the next two years, man, she, she started putting her life back together. See, she was such a huge success, but as she was climbing, she started numbing the climb, numbing the pressure, the risk. See, she had to keep ratcheting it up. The game had to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, larger and larger in life. She couldn't keep up to numb herself, man. She got hooked on drugs and alcohol. It just became a whirlwind. She had to And now that she's busted, now that she's having to start all over, she got herself sober. She got herself clean. And she writes, uh, she writes at the end of the book on page 259. She says, uh, she writes this. She says, I've been asked many times, if I had to do it over again, would I choose the same path? And my answer is yes. A thousand times yes. I had grand adventure. I learned to believe in myself. I was brave. I went big. But I I was also reckless and selfish. I got lost along the way. I abandoned the things that mattered and traded them for wealth and status. I lusted for power and I hurt people. But I was forced to face myself, to lose everything, to fall on my face in front of the world and the lessons I learned on the way up were just as valuable as the ones on the way down. I know this time I will use everything I've learned to do something that matters. You know, I use this book as a reference, as a reminder to you, not to, not to pattern yourself necessarily after a convicted felon, but as a reminder of your authenticity. I remember listening to world-class drummer Dave Elitch on Tim Ferriss' podcast. And Dave said, he said, one of the hardest things to do is fill in for a drummer in a famous band. He said, because you have to understand all the band members, they have characters. And when I have to fill in for that drummer, I have to assume the role of that character. He said, you know, it's, I can do it for a night. He said, but to do it over the course of a tour, of a long tour, man, it's just draining because I'm not playing the role of me. And he used to get upset when he wouldn't get certain, certain gigs. And he said, but I've learned it's actually a blessing in disguise. He said, because I learned that sometimes the gigs that I don't get are actually a blessing. He said, because I don't get them. I don't get them, and that's okay, because I would rather fail at being authentic, at being really me, than succeed at being inauthentic, of going in there and trying to act like I'm somebody else. Molly Bloom lost her authenticity. See, it started as a gig, and then it, and then it turned into a lifestyle, which morphed into an identity. The, the lines got blurred along the way. She assumed an identity that she could no longer sustain, and it almost killed her in the process. And it took losing it all to facing the charges to recover her life. She wrote, I came to New York in a flash and a fury and I left that same city. I left New York alone in a silence. And when she left, 
When she left, she said it was as if she was never even there. No residue. No residue left behind at all. Life just went on. Just quiet. Molly used the quiet. She used the quiet time in her life, man, to start over. To read, to write, to take long walks, to get sober. No longer on drugs and alcohol. She got a tiny apartment, just her and her dog. Left to create a new life for herself. An authentic life, a more simpler life. And she said, as she stood in front of the judge, she told herself, she said, you know what, this judge, he can impose a sentence on me. I have a 90-year sentence she was looking at. She says, he can impose a sentence on me, but he cannot determine my fate. Molly was now in control of her life again. And this time, she vowed that this, this second life, this new life that she had, it was going, she was going to leave behind it with meaning. So I ask you, man, the goals that you seek in life, the lifestyle that you want, why? What's it all for? For what? Will it make an impact on others? Can you stay authentic to yourself along the way? Can you stay true to yourself? Will the world even notice when you're gone? So play your game today. Yes, the game of life is a game of strategy, of odds, simple math, and body language. It's playing with confidence. It's not revealing all of your hands. It's realizing sometimes that you have a stronger hand than you think. But play your game today, man. To Not, not to make us proud. To make yourself proud. And along the way, even if it's for a short time, the fact that we got to play at the same table as you will be appreciative of it. Because you were true. You were real. You were authentic. Play your game today. The book is Molly's Game by Molly Bloom. It's uh, out at the movies now, and I'll put the uh, link to the uh, in the show notes of where you can get the book and uh, also the uh, movie trailer. You can see it right there on YouTube. Till next time, thanks for tuning into The Sales Life. I'm Marsh Bice. Hey, thanks for catching the show. Subscribe so that you never miss another episode. Also, share your feedback and show suggestions with me at thesaleslife1 at gmail.com. That's thesaleslife, the number one, at gmail.com. And share the episode with others. And I'd really love you a long time if you'd rate and leave a quick review of the show. This will help get the word out. Remember this, no matter what happens in life, life's all negotiable. And the greatest sale that you'll ever make is to sell you on you because you're more than enough. I'll catch you back here next time on The Sales Life.